All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of A Good Drop. This week we are talking about Jägermeister. Jägermeister, the drink you all know and love as a party drink. So party on, Stuart. Party on, Mikkel. Cheers. Cheers. Yes, indeed. Jägermeister is marketed as a party drink. It is, though that was not always the case. And I think to, to get to the beginning, we have to start at the beginning. Yeah, Let, is, let's just yeah. go right into it. Yes, let's <laughs> uh, start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. Mm, the beginning of the beginning. So, Jägermeister is German for Master Hunter. Well, it's uh, a name that actually uh, came about because of the creator's love of hunting. And uh, by the time the drink was actually created, the name Jägermeister had been a job title in Germany for centuries, which meant that by the time the drink of the same name was released, it was very familiar to the German people and they kind of jumped on it. It was a title for high-ranking officials in uh, matters relating to hunting and gamekeeping. So that that is why we see the prominent stag motif in all the Jägermeister advertising. Well, that, and uh, supposedly because of um, St. Hubertus, who was the patron saint of hunters. Because supposedly, and I know I've said that word before, but uh, (laughs) he had um, once been a wild huntsman and uh, had a vision of a mighty stag carrying a glowing cross between its antlers. And as a result of that vision, he championed greater respect for nature and eventually became the patron saint of hunters. Hmm. And uh, the creator of Jägermeister felt that that powerful story was a perfect match for the drink and chose to adopt the emblem of the stag in honour of the true hunting master, Jägermeister. Mm. So the the inventor of Jägermeister, the creator-in-chief, was a man named Kurt Mast. His father, Wilhelm Mast, was a vinegar maker and wine trader in Wolfenbottel. In uh, Germany. Germany. Yeah. Lower Saxony, to be precise. Uh and when his father died, he took over his took over the family business at about thirty seven, and almost immediately he came up with a recipe for Jägermeister mm, in uh, nineteen thirty four, mm. to be precise. And uh, he then released the drink in nineteen thirty five. Man, he came up with that quick. He did because nineteen thirty four was in fact the year he turned thirty seven. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, well, let's uh, talk about what what it is. So Ye- Jägermeister is a herbal liqueur uh, made using uh, ingredients which include thirty six herbs, fruits, roots, and spices. Mm. These in- are secret this time. Back, yes. Back to the family secrecy. Yeah. So we're, we're aware of some of them, including uh, citrus peel, licorice, anise, poppy seeds, saffron, ginger, juniper berries, and ginseng. And most of those you can taste. Yeah. I don't know if you can taste the saffron, though. Yes. It's and, uh, pretty subtle. They, they do happily tell you how they do it, that uh, the ingredients are ground, uh, steeped in water and alcohol for two to three days, and uh, that mixture is then filtered and stored in oak barrels for about a year, after which the liquor is filtered again before being mixed with sugar, caramel, and alcohol. It takes about a year from start to finish for one single bottle of Jägermeister to be produced. It's one of the few herbal liqueurs that get aged just like chartreuse and 
I think that's about it. Yeah, though chartreuse is aged after it's after it's all mixed, all mixed. Whereas in Jägermeister, they age it in the middle. I think it's the first one, first drink. No, this is drink number two that gets aged in the middle of the process. It was sherry that gets aged. Is the other drink that gets aged in the middle of the process? Yes, they age the wines. Yeah, it's a very very rare thing, and it creates a quite a unique flavour because in the case of Jägermeister, if they added the sugar and other flavourings before they aged it, uh, the alcohol inside could, or the bacteria inside could eat the sugar, and it would be a much drier drink. And uh, so, yeah, Jägermeister is uh, always made at an alcohol concentration of thirty five percent. So Jägermeister wasn't always the party drink we know and love today, up until very recently, actually. So, well, until the uh, 1980s, it was consumed mostly in Germany and mostly as a digestive, something that you drank mm. by itself, cold, after dinner. After dinner. Yeah, to help you the rest of your meal go down. But this man, Sidney Frank, he decided that this was uh, too good a drink to just let old stodgy ex-Germans drink it. So he decided he was going to import it himself and he completely changed the target market to what we know now today. Yeah, he uh, promoted the drink very heavily in the US after getting the import rights for his company, the Sydney Frank Importing Company, and uh, literally advertised it as the best drink in the world. He also promoted it heavily to the youth and student markets as a party drink, which you know, was very different to the conservative brand position that had originally been taken. Yeah, he had one of the most unique ideas for marketing an alcoholic beverage. He would He would get pretty women to walk around bars and clubs and he basically used them as advertising gimmicks yeah and uh, so the the feat of taking this sort of stuffy drink and turning it into a party beverage was actually considered so impressive that he was described as um, a promotional genius for and this is a direct quote Taking a liqueur for taking a liqueur with an unpronounceable name, drunk as a digestive aid by older blue collar Germans, and making it synonymous with parties. Yeah, unbelievable. So when he was, when he had, uh, when he had his models advertising the drink in bars and clubs, he noticed that uh, it was going crazy in California. And he, when he went there, he discovered that this one girl that was that was doing the marketing for him, He, she was going around to tables with a bottle of Jägermeister and would say, oh, hey, everyone, open your mouth. Would you like a shot of Jägermeister? These poor college kids didn't stand a chance. When he discovered what this girl was doing in California, he thought, oh, th this is brilliant. And that spawned the Jägerettes, the um, fishnet tights, holsters of Jägermeister shots and, uh, and a big toothy smile. They, um, in about 2005, there were 900 of them, along with 300 Jaeger dudes, going around to bars and clubs and advertising Jägermeister to unsuspecting partygoers. And that's, that's certainly a tactic we've seen uh, other youth-aimed drinks take in their promotion mm. since it was done for Jägermeister. I've seen it done with uh, Midori yep. many times, and uh, even Red Bull. Yep, I've seen it done with AGWA. Uh, I've seen it done with uh, Bacardi Oakheart. Those are quite recent as well. Mm. But this guy was the first. The first that we know of to 
promote an alcoholic beverage in this way. Yeah, in the 80s and 90s, he changed the game. Yeah, and he could get away with it in the 80s and 90s. I don't think he can get away with giving free shots today. No, with how tight restrictions are. No. Yeah, I don't think he could. Not in Australia, at least. Possibly he's still in the US. Hmm, maybe. Yeah, and of course, um, his company went well from that. He actually uh, ended up... um, also purchasing uh, Grey Goose, I believe, down the track. Wow. And in 2015, the Marsh Jägermeister Company actually purchased Sydney Frank Importing. <laughs> so in the early 1990s, Sydney had another great idea. Uh, he knew that Jägermeister was supposed to be served iced cold. The, the colder, the better. Uh, and it wasn't really being served that way in bars and clubs. They w- would try and serve it on ice or they'd keep the bottle in the freezer. So what Sydney did is he invented an ice-cold tap machine, one that would uh, pour shots at minus 18 degrees Celsius. Hmm. Which Master Jägermeister themselves say is the perfect temperature at which to consume at Jägermeister. Which to consume. Which is the current temperature that we are currently consuming, said Jägermeister. Hmm. Without ice, because they don't want you using ice. No, ice is sacrilege, apparently. Hmm mustn't water it down. Mm. Though I don't really see it as a bad thing. I mean, people say the same thing about whiskey. You shouldn't mix it with ice because it waters it down. Mm, that's true. And depending on the whiskey, yeah. you should certainly watch how much ice you mix it with. Very true. But having it neat at ice-cold freezer temperature is really quite nice. It is. It's very pleasant. You taste all of the distinct flavours. You can definitely pick up those flavours that people have identified as being ingredients in it. Mm. With, without a doubt, I, mean, the, I think the strongest is the, uh, the anise flavour, the licorice flavour. Yeah, they, definitely the anise flavour, star anise, licorice, whatever. <laughs> it's great. Well, both. Apparently it contains licorice and anise. Well, great. So licorice root and anise. So uh, let's talk briefly about the label, because that's an interesting thing. No matter which country you're buying Jägermeister in, the green portion of the label contains a section of writing in German. Now, I won't even attempt to read that, but I will tell you what it says in English, according to Jägermeister's own website, which is... This is the Hunter's Honor Shield, which he protects and looks after his game. Huntsman hunts as it should be, the creator in the creature's honor. Mm. Which It sounds almost like a prayer. Yeah, it's a, an odd bit of, uh, of text that I have read elsewhere is actually a portion cut from a much longer poem. How interesting. And I'm guessing they chose it because Kurt Mast, the creator of Jägermeister, was a very enthusiastic hunter, and uh, supposedly after creating the drink, would consume it as a celebratory beverage with uh, his fellow hunters who he went on hunting trips with. Very cool, very cool. So the Jägermeister, believe it or not, now comes in about three different styles. Uh, You have your straight Jägermeister, which is what we're drinking now, and... Uh, I think in about 2005, they they recently released a spiced flavor of Jägermeister, a winter version, mm-hmm. which is uh, which has more prominent uh, cinnamon and nutmeg. So like the pumpkin spice latte of the liqueur world. Yep. <laughs> Quote unquote winter version. Mm. Not that I would have said that the current Jägermeister was a summer drink. It's it's very very warming. I could see yeah. it. Sitting well in a 
or fitting in well in a roaring fireplace or next to a roaring fireplace and furry boots. Yes, in <laughs> in a cool climate like I don't know Germany, hmm. it would uh, would go very well as as it does here in winter or summer or whatever one chooses to drink it hmm. really. Because it, it is a drink that is smooth, despite having some very strong flavours. Hmm. And despite being 35%. Yeah. It's really, su- yeah, surprisingly smooth. Yes, it certainly, it doesn't have the the kick or the throaty burn that you get from some other drinks of that same strength. Yeah, it's got a lot of complex flavours. But, yeah, I I think it's similar to um, Chartreuse in flavour, but like half the strength. Yeah. And, uh, half the alcoholic strength. I think chartreuse's flavours are a bit more subtle, though. It's mm. hard to tell what on earth they've put in that. Definitely. Whereas there are some flavours that really distinctly stand out. It's Galliano that I'm trying to trying to think of. It's got similar flavours to Galliano. Ah, yes. So if you like Galliano, you'll definitely like Jägermeister. And the, the last variety that they brought out is only last year. It is Jägermeister Manifest. And they've marketed it as the the premium Jägermeister that everybody knows and loves just better. Mm-hmm. So they've what, refined the process further mm. to make a crisper, cleaner flavor, I'm guessing. Me too. I, if if we could have located it, we'd have purchased some. But we would have we, definitely purchased some. We could not. So that would be our top drop. <laughs> yeah. Yes, if you can find it, do try it and let us know what uh, what you think of it and how it compares to regular Jägermeister. Yeah, I'm very curious. And uh, speaking of regular Jägermeister, of course, and the party name, as you're no doubt aware, is an ingredient in many cocktails. Mm. And the the best known, I believe, being the Jägerbomb. Made, almost made famous by the Jägerbomb. Yeah, with um, you know, the shot of Jägermeister dropped into a glass of Red Bull. Did you know that there's a special glass that was made specifically for that cocktail? The shot glass or the other glass? There, There is a cocktail glass that has been specifically made for a Jägerbomb. It is like a regular tumbler but the the bottom comes up so it looks like there's a, a shot glass in sized divot in the bottom ah so you literally pour the shot in first then pour in the red bull yep and when they tilt the glass to drink it mixes yeah right that's <laughs> amazing yeah that a drink becomes so popular it gets its own glass that's that's martini territory yeah that is martini territory but i yeah i discovered that in my research earlier and I thought, holy moly, I kind of want to have that glass just so I can experience a Jägerbomb from it. Yeah, wow. Hmm. And uh, so let's let's talk about the uh, the other cocktails that it's in. We've got uh, Liquid Heroin, which was <laughs> uh, once called Liquid Valium. And uh, that's a shooter consisting of uh, one part Rumpelmins, one part Bacardi 151, and one part Jägermeister. Rumpelmins? I haven't Rumpel heard of that mins. drink. Or yeah. Mins. Mins. I haven't heard of that drink before. No, neither had I until I uh, encountered this recipe. I'm guessing it's popular in Europe. Uh, a number of these are European. I mean, there's uh, like the a surfer on acid, which <laughs> is equal parts Jägermeister, Malibu, and pineapple juice. There's a Tarts Delight, which is Jägermeister, Furness, Branca, and Gin. Uh, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Oh dear. Which is a shooter with equal parts Jägermeister, Rumpelmins, Goldschlager, and Bacardi 151. That'll uh, burn on the, all the way down. Yeah. There's uh, the Starry Night, 
which is two-thirds Jägermeister and one-third Goldschlager. That's another one I'm going to have to look up. Rumpelmins is a peppermint liqueur, by the way. Ah, hmm. interesting. The black, oh, sorry, the Killer Bees, which is um, made in a, in a tall shot glass. It's a layered drink that is made with one-half Baron Jäger honey liqueur with Jägermeister layered on top. So it gives a black-yellow separation and look like a bee. That's cool. And uh, there's the oatmeal cookie, which is <laughs> Jägermeister Goldschlager butterscotch liqueur and Bailey's. That sounds really tasty. That does sound pretty good. There's uh, a red-headed slut, which uh, <laughs> is Jägermeister peach schnapps and cranberry juice. And finally, the sexy alligator, Midori Amaretto Jägermeister and pineapple juice. And mm-hmm. uh, undoubtedly, there are more drinks being created with Jägermeister all the time. So another quick Google has told me that Goldschlager is a cinnamon liqueur at about 43% alcohol by volume with gold flakes in it oh wow so, so another uh Shmernoff does a cinnamon vodka that has gold flakes in it as well right so that means then that four horsemen of the apocalypse is jägermeister a mint liqueur a Peppermint. cinnamon liqueur and bacardi 151 yeah that's crazy that is no wonder they call it four horsemen of the apocalypse yeah. Four brutal flavours. Yes, that <laughs> un- undoubtedly mix together to make you think the world is ending. I wonder if you could layer those to give give the full experience. Mm, it would look really impressive if you did. And yeah. I think they would all actually be different densities. If you got it in the mm. right order, you probably mm. could layer them. Yeah, you wouldn't. I don't think you'd be able to layer the Goldschlager with the uh, Bacardi 151. So I would perhaps suggest that one is on the top or the middle. Yeah, they they would probably mix, but the other two mm, could definitely use be used as separations. Yeah, I want to see this. Yeah, so do <laughs> I. I need a shooter glass. So, when was the first time you heard of Jägermeister? Oh, so long ago. I mean, long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> I that, there was Red Bull involved. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, but. I don't remember exactly. It was I was a young young man at the time. That's that's for sure. Mm. Yeah, the first time I heard of Jägermeister, it was about the same time Red Bull came out, mm. and I and the first time I'd had Jägermeister was in a Jäger bomb, and I thought, okay, that's different. Yeah, that you that was that was definitely it. my experience with it as as well. I was mm. out with friends, I believe. Yeah, at whenever this was, and someone said Jäger bombs, and I was like, okay, didn't know what it was, just yeah. right, right. That's, that's Here what we go. We're doing Jäger yeah. bombs. It it's it it is a almost a fun event in itself when you get your glass and you have the shot glass above it and you drop you, the glass into the bigger glass and, and then you drink and it clunks and, and splashes and yeah and then you slam the whole thing down yeah. i it's unfortunately not as not a good mix to i mean it it tastes great but uh medically speaking it's not a good idea to mix uh red bull and uh, jägermeister because it even says on the can of red bull do not mix with alcohol and what do australians do we mix it with alcohol. We mix it with alcohol. <laughs> Though there are certain bars that supposedly at least have a limit on how many Red Bull or Mother, depending on where you are, based drinks they will sell you in one night. Mm. 
allegedly. Like, they have policies about it. Whether or not the bar staff choose to pay attention to those policies is a different matter. I mean, they but... they probably try, hmm. but being if it's a busy bar and they're serving drinks to hundreds of people yeah. all night... Keeping track is not going to be an easy task. No, but they probably do their best. Yeah, well, and of course you get, you know, in Australia, people buy rounds. That's that's mm. what we do. So if you're buying rounds of, you know, vodka Red Bulls or Jaeger bombs or whatever, no one's keeping track of how, you know, who is with who. No. Behind the bar. They, they don't know. No, they, they're just trying to keep up when the crowd, when the crowd at the bar is probably about three people deep at that point. <laughs> yes, exactly. At, at the busiest time. And certainly on that final rush before last call, mm. or immediately after last call, yeah. they have no idea what's happening. They're just trying to get through it. That's it. They have to go home sometime. Um, but I I say that you shouldn't mix Red Bull and Jägermeister because, we've mentioned this before, caffeine has an opposite effect to alcohol. It Caffeine is a stimulant and alcohol is a depressant. And we have suggested before that you have a small coffee to counteract some of the effects of alcohol. Like if you're having a real bad time, like your legs have just given up for the night and you have a small coffee, you might, you'll feel better so you can get yourself home and into a bed. But having Jaeger bombs all night, like if you have five or six Jaeger bombs, you're going to feel fine. You're not going to feel drunk at all. So your mind will be relatively clear or you might think your mind is relatively clear, but you're still losing your coordination, you're still losing your reflexes, uh, you're still destroying your liver. Yeah, and in the short term, the energy drink counteracts the effect, but in the long term, your body still has to process the volume of alcohol you're putting into it. You, you might be able to pound 12 Jaeger bombs in the space of 3-4 hours, but you're going to hate yourself the next day. It is not going to be a fun morning. Oh yeah, I mean, when when I was in Thailand, because Thai, Thai Red Bull is some strong stuff, <laughs> and... They they serve drinks in buckets over there. Like literally a, a bucket of whichever liquor you chose, wh- whichever shit. liquor you chose, a bottle that over there they don't mark standard drinks on bottles. But judging from the size of it compared to the size of things here, it would be about seven standards. I'm guessing. Holy so holy. in in one bucket you'd get about seven standards worth of rum or whiskey or vodka or whatever you'd chosen, plus a tiny can of Thai Red Bull and a can of Coke. And they would pour all of them together into the bucket, and you would drink that. Wow. And despite the ludicrous amounts of alcohol in there, you didn't feel like you'd had anything at all. Because you get, you know, the amount of caffeine in a Thai Red Bull, which isn't even legal in Australia because there's so much caffeine in it. Like that, that's why we have our version of Red Bull. Right. Because the, the Thai stuff, it comes in a even smaller can and comes in a little glass bottle doesn't it uh it it can or a really tiny can yeah either right. either a tiny bottle or a tiny can but it's a concentrate right. Thai red bull is a concentrate oh like a cordial you're supposed to dilute this stuff are mm. you except pe- nobody does they just right. drink it straight out of the <laughs> bottle or straight out of the can or mix it in with booze Wow. And and off it goes. And um, yeah, suffice to say, after a number of buckets, I won't disclose because this is not a recommended thing to do, ladies and gentlemen, even if you are in Thailand. It, well, li- listen to Mikkel when he says this is a bad idea because he's speaking from experience. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a bad idea to have that much alcohol with that much energy drink because you feel fine, mm. except for the next day, I... 
slept for so long. Like while I was in Thailand, I was only awake in the evenings because wow. I was up all night because the energy drink keeps you up until you eventually crash. Hmm. And then you have to sleep off the alcohol, and you sleep hard and long because your body has so much alcohol to process. Wow. It's, it's not a good idea. But if you're, if you're crashing and you need one to get yourself home, do it. Do what you need to do to get yourself home in one piece. Um, but people have died from having too much. So everything in moderation, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Everything moderation, in moderation is key. Hmm. So that is pretty much the end of the episode. We're... Almost, we've almost run out of stuff. Have you got anything else? Um, I have. I got anything else? No, that's pretty much all of the uh, useful Jägermeister-based information and stories that I had. Great. So we might as well just uh, promote the fact that next time we're back to beer. We're back talking to beer. about lager, the yeah. as we mentioned in our beer episode, most popular type of beer. I'm not sure which beer we're gonna get yet. But we'll find out in we, the midst of our research. We will. If uh, you have any thoughts on this episode, any suggestions for future episodes, hmm. do email us. A good drop at gmail.com. And we're always open to comments on Facebook, A Good Drop Podcast. Yeah. Come and check us out on our website, agooddrop.com.au. And you can find us on iTunes, also A Good Drop Podcast. And on uh, Podbean or your favorite podcast app. You should and, see us. Uh, yeah, and as always, tell your friends. Point yeah. them in our general direction. Share us around like a, a good drink. And until next time. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>